Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hey, y'all. Micah Burgess here. So in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I've invited a very special lady to join me today. She's going to be sharing her phenomenal story and her battle with breast cancer. So join us. Welcome, everybody. I have a special guest with me today in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It's October. This is Allison. I am so glad you joined me today. What a treat that you are so willing to share with me and others your story. Uh, before we jump into that, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, family, where you're from, what you do for a living, all that stuff. Um, my name is Allison Sorley, and I am 41 years old, going to be 42 soon. Nice. Can't believe it. Yeah. I'm actually born and raised here, except for college. So wow. I went to Midway High School, which has really changed. Now. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. Wow. <laughs> and I um, actually am single, um, but I have my parents here here in Waco still and then I have three younger sisters two nieces two nephews and wow. two wonderful brother-in-laws wow. so really great support system family and I love Waco I'm yeah. the cheesy one that used to be like the mouthpiece of Waco so if you wanted to find out something that was me nice. and then COVID and cancer kind of took it away for a couple of years but I'm coming back good <laughs> good good and work what do you do I am the development specialist at the advocacy center for crime victims and children and we serve as victims of crime in six central Texas counties wow wow what is your role what primarily do you do I do development so I raise the funds mm. that what grants don't uh, cover. I also do the marketing communications, social media events, kind of jack of all trades. Love it. That's great. Good. Well, that's very important work. Yes. Appreciate I feel like, you know, I actually got uh, that job less than a month from when I was diagnosed. I felt like it was a way to serve others because people were serving me and saving my life. Mm, so good. So good. Okay. So yeah, I'm ready now. I'm just ready for you to start at the beginning. Tell us about your journey with breast cancer. So it started in July of 2019. I was scrubbing for a spray tan. I am one that would get a spray tan twice a month. I always wanted a golden glow, golden healthy glow. And I felt something in my breast. Mm. It felt funny. It kind of brought me back to that 90210 episode that Brenda says, you know, she felt a lump in her breast. And it's true. It felt like kind mm. of a gumball Interesting. in my breast. And so I freaked out, of course. Mm. I tried to call my mom because that's the first one I was thinking of and she didn't answer so luckily my best friend answered and I just like screamed I was like what is in me what is in me and we kind of just had to take it in that weekend and you know I knew it was something didn't know what went to the doctor that first Monday I didn't have insurance I was in between jobs I had left a job I was going to start uh, a new website for retail and I had a boutique going in in Saroni I had a lot of plans going yeah. and so I didn't have insurance at the time so I went to my family practice doctor and he wasn't available so we went to a uh, 
physician's assistant, and she was convinced it was just a cyst. But they still wanted to see me at the breast center. But, you know, you call, and it's like $600 Mm. for a mammogram and ultrasound because I wasn't 40. Mm. I I didn't have any pre-existing issues. So in the midst of that, I got offered an interview, got the job, and my boss was like, insurance starts August 1st. And I got the job July 22nd. So it was like... It gives me chills still, the blessing of that. And I'd already planned a trip, a bucket list trip to Jamaica with my sister. So we did that. And I came back four days later and had a mammogram and ultrasound. And in the middle of the ultrasound, um, the tech grabs my hand and goes, I'm not going to lie. It doesn't look good. I was the last person of the day. She ran down the hall. I mean, I remember her running and said, I have to get the radiologist before he goes home. And I said, okay. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, I want my mom. I want my mom. You know, I don't care how old you are. You want your mom. And they wouldn't let me. And Um, you don't feel bad or sick or anything at the time. I I didn't have any inkling. All I felt was like that little lump. I can tell you now I look back, I was really tired for a while, Mm -hmm. but I worked retail. I ran retail Mm -hmm. for years and I do like 60, you know, 60 hours a week. That was nothing. And lots of 20 something thousand steps a day. So, I mean, hello. Yes, I was tired. Yeah. Um, so she gets the radiologist and he comes and goes, there's no time to numb. I need to do a three-point needle biopsy. Wow. I was like, he goes, we got to get it so we can test it because he knew he saw stuff on the scans. And he was wow. really nice. He held my hand. I don't remember his name. That's embarrassing. But he That's literally was like, I just got to do it. And I tell you that some of this pain, I've been through a lot of pain and that was a lot of pain. I can't imagine. And so basically we knew that I had something and it was serious if they were like oh mm. we're not gonna wait we're gonna yeah, get this that's tested. very unusual so that weekend family came in I was just recovering it hurt so bad I remember my my breast just hurting and everybody touching I mean like my niece would just want me to hold her yeah. and she was a little one and I was just like it just hurt so bad so Monday comes around still no results <laughs> Tuesday I'm supposed to have my results so I'm like playing phone tag with my friend Michelle that worked at the breast center at uh, Hillcrest Baylor Scott and White and we couldn't get a hold of each other well in the midst of that my family practice doctor nurse calls me who they all kind of know me because my aunt works there and so it's like you know kind of a family thing and she goes so we're, we're going over your chart and all this kind of stuff and she goes the carcinoma I said what and I just screamed and I dropped to the ground at work and I said I know and I knew. And I just lost it. And Why so don't you then explain. I knew for our listeners that don't know anything. You need to assume that I think we know nothing. I think when the the radiologist was so serious about like we've got to get this tested. Right. right. And why would he do three needle points? Mm-hmm. I mean, there was evidently some pretty large mass. It turned out to be a six centimeter tumor which is very, very large. Yeah, it is. So I found out through her on accident, she felt bad. Then we could talk to Michelle. So my family comes and picks me up from work. I don't remember all that. Getting to my house, and then we kind of just go over it. And they tell me it's starting out. They thought it was like stage 3B, I think is what it is. And then when you get diagnosed, you get an initial stage. But there's so much more to it. I mean, so much more. So that Wednesday, we went into my surgeon, Dr. Robin Screen, the most amazing woman you would ever meet. My best, we call my entourage, my best friend who was in nursing school at the time. 
my mom and then my aunt who's a nurse as well and wow. she had helped my grandmother through cancer and grandfather so i felt like wow. i had a good support yeah, team. Yeah, and dr screen spent two hours with me explaining everything and said you know first thing i asked is like i don't have kids i want kids and mm-hmm. she's like we it could, it could kill you. It's a hormone vet cancer. You, you, you have to get this out. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what do you mean? She goes, well, we have to go ahead. And, so you couldn't freeze ovaries. I mean, from freeze eggs, nothing. I mean, it was like, we're going to have to do this. And so originally stage was 3B. Well, they go in and put your port in to get ready for chemo through your oncologist. And you also get your uh, nodes tested. Well, my nodes were clear. So I thought, oh my gosh, I'm in the clear. I only have 3B. That's still really serious, but 3B is treatable. We go into my oncologist's office just about my protocol, and she goes, we have to adjust it. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, you have stage 4 metastatic. It went to your liver through your blood. Wow. And I just lost it. Oh, I bet. I can't can't really, like, fathom all the words I probably said. (laughs) But it's very rare. And the one Mm. sentence I'll never forget for as long as I live is, we are going to try there was no specific protocol there wasn't anything that had been out there to treat this i mean we're talking six centimeter tumor in my breast mm-hmm. and then three to four areas on my liver goodness and one i believe was 1.9 centimeters i mean they were large again no <laughs> wow. no no uh, heads up on it you know what's going on yeah. and so then i said okay i want to go to md anderson and I could, my insurance didn't take it, but BSW, my doctor's ta- Dr. Tara Barnett at McClinton Cancer Center, she is amazing. She is on tumor board with oncologists around the country. Mm. And so everything she was going to do, she told me that MD Anderson would do, Cancer Centers of America would do, okay. everything. So I felt confident in her. And so I was told we're going to do chemo every three weeks for six months. Mm. And it was hard. Mm. I mean, I took Red Devil which is one of the the worst. I had a reaction. My blood pressure dropped several times. I mean, we're talking my heart, my ejection fracture dropped to 33%, mm. which a normal 60%. So that tells you how bad it gets. Yeah. You don't realize with cancer, you get so many more things that add to it. Like I developed congestive heart failure. I developed arthritis. And I was 38, 39 years old. I mean, And that's like, because of cancer or because of the... The cancer drugs. The cancer drugs. Yeah. There's a lot of them that have a, now the heart issue, I could have had something going on, not knowing, but it intensified it. Now I'm happy to say we figured out how to balance it with lots of meds. Um, But I mean, the first round, you know, I I told myself I was going to be like a glam cancer girl because I was one that always liked to do my hair and my nails and, you know, makeup and stuff. So I went in with a cute little, you know, lounge outfit. I did my hair, my makeup. I was like, if I'm not going to, if I'm going to lose my hair in a little bit, I'm at least going to look good doing it. Absolutely. And um, my aunt gets got some funny pictures of me eating fruit and stuff because the one thing I will say, any person who's cancer patient, you've got to keep your mouth, I know I hate the word moist, but you do because those that dryness and that Oof. metal taste. So she would get me uh, sweet watermelons from yeah. uh, the Golson's uh, mm-hmm. store or something like mm-hmm. that. But those were so good. Mm. Um, and you're there for like 
eight hours. Oh, it's goodness. a long day. And we had the entourage. You know, this was before COVID, thank goodness. So mm-hmm. I'd have my mom, my aunts, my sister, my best friend. And we would just, you know, they have TVs in there to help you. You got a recliner. But, you know, hey, you're getting hooked mm-hmm. up. And the first time I got hooked up, oh, my God, you would have thought that, like, someone was shooting me through something wow. because they take this this little thing that hooks up to your port and just pokes you mm-hmm. and so i learned my lesson you put lidocaine on that sucker and then you don't feel it got <laughs> but it it's just crazy to think everything goes through that little yeah that is that little tube and every and they they have to do the loading doses and that was hard the first time because you get the reactions and then you're like the nausea and then they have mm-hmm. to give you meds for that and then you have to do cycles so you do 30 minutes of this hour of this 30 minutes it's just a constant Wow. It's a lot. That's so I, a lot. And then the third, so the third or fourth round, I got so sick. I was at D1 working out because I had sponsored me a personal trainer. The owner, Kevin, was amazing. Wow. And I had a personal trainer three days a week. Even it was just to walk up and down D1. It was to get my body moving because mm. I had a neuropathy really bad in my feet. And I couldn't walk sometimes because I couldn't feel them. Mm. Um, and she would get me on bikes and lift weights as much, whatever we could do, we would do. Well, I was so bad one day. I just barely could hold my head up and I hadn't eaten for probably about two weeks. I tried. Oh, you, you, if I I say eat, I mean, I would take a saltine cracker and it would take me 30 minutes to eat it and jello and my mom would like sit there and try to feed me bone broth. And I mean, just so Mm. many different things. My mom was amazing Mm. took care of me because I was single it didn't have anybody to help take care of me and so we ended up I met them at the emergency room at Ascension Providence and come to find out I needed nine packs of fluid wow I was very dehydrated I had pneumonia left lung issue from all of it so now I think it might have been COVID who knows Uh, um because it was close to that time Yes. yes but that was one of the scariest I had lost 50 52 pounds at the time. Wow. And I'll tell you what's crazy, and this sounds horrible to say. I miss that skinny person. That sounds horrible, (laughs) but I'm just being honest. Like, I look at the, and I'm like, I was so sick, but I liked being that size. I used to, and I used Mm. to think, and I'll tell some of my family that sometimes and friends, and they're like, but you were so sick. I said, I know, but you get this mind, excuse my language, F. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you get a mind fuck. Yeah. Because you're just so and you look in the mirror and you have no hair and you have Mm. no eyelashes and you have no eyebrows and you try to try to push through. And I, if you'll look on my uh, Instagram, I started called my open cancer story Mm. and it is from day one of my diagnosis till current. And I share the good, bad and ugly. And there's sometimes on there like, what was I thinking? (laughs) Cause I mean, I had meds that made me go psychotic Mm. Um, I had meds that made me deathly ill. I, and I, you can read all about it. Okay. I mean, I, and even the videos, like some of those videos go, mm, girl, like you, you, you did, did you, did you look at yourself in the mirror that day? No, I probably didn't. Yeah. There were some days I couldn't even look at myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't want anybody to look at me. Yeah. I got into a severe depression. I bet. I thought there was times that, you know, when you get told <laughs> we're going to try, you didn't know if you were going to live. Mm-hmm. I had already t- contacted a friend of mine to start on a will. Um, I'd already started writing letters to my loved ones and I've never told them that. <laughs> oh, wow. Allison. Because I was just scared I was going to lose my life. Sure. And I didn't understand why. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, I mean, I, you think, what did I do in life to do this? It was hormone fed. I was a triple positive. And so mm. 
with a triple positive, it's hormone fed and that could be environmental hormone. I mean, it could be in your food and your beauty products. I mean, it's just everything and anything. Cause wow. the, and that's, that's hard too, because you're like, okay, why did I use that makeup? Why did I use that hair care? Mm. Why did I eat this? Why did I do that? Interesting. So, but wow. you're not supposed to question. I know that's like a thing, but I had to just call my faith and say, okay, God, you, you know, you didn't give me cancer, but you're gonna help me get through this. Yeah. And what am I going to do to, yeah. <laughs> to show it? So I want you to keep going, but I'm going to keep it real. Mike, would you bring some Kleenex in while we finish this interview? <laughs> Thank you. Keep going. But yeah, so I just, um, and that was the hardest. And I had a good friend of mine who's a doctor and he flat out said, you've got to wake up because Cancers as much as a mind focuses a mental. Yeah. And he goes, you have got to get in the mindset that you are going to survive or you're going to kill yourself. Yeah. Wow. And to this day, I will always be thankful to him. Yeah. It's, isn't that interesting how your mind and, you know, what I do for a living and helping women in childbirth. Mm-hmm. I mean, good night. Your mindset and what how you're thinking and what you already decide really affects you physically oh yeah it it is amazing how that works so you really found that mentally that can bring you down Mm -hmm. um and he said your doctor hey you need to wake up or you're going to kill yourself and that had to do with your mindset and so you really found that you would do better when your mind was in a better place 100 percent, because you're so sick and you're so tired of being sick Mm. or i would sleep 12 13 hours a day and I get up and have no energy. I couldn't, my mom had, and my aunt, who's a nurse, had to come over and help bathe me because I, yeah. I had nothing I could move. Plus, I was trying to work all during this because yeah. I wanted to maintain my benefits. And I had an amazing boss, and I would work when I felt like it. And sometimes I'd get energy up for like 10, 15 hours straight. And I'd be like, okay, I'm going to work and get wow, all this done. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, I go back, back <laughs> to sleep. But yes, the mind, and it's hard because some friends drift. That's a hard thing about cancer. Mm. You learn who your true friends are. There are some that were supportive that I've never really Mm. gotten to know well, and we became better friends because of it. And there's some that I think they get scared. And I was angry for a while, but Mm. then I kind of put myself in their shoes going, maybe it scares them. Like, it's so real to see one of their friends who they love dearly, who's, I was always putting everybody first. I was a yes person. Mm. I served on organizations, different boards and events, and I always wanted to help and be yeah. be the person to go to. And now it's like I'm having to ask for help for everything. Mm. I mean, I there's times that <laughs> you, you can't take care of yourself. Right, I mean, right. you couldn't get out of bed. Right. And so, yes, cancer is just as much of a mind game. So you have to... You've got to find that inner badass woman, that yeah. wonder woman, whatever yeah, you, you call it. And you have to look in the mirror and say, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what got me the last through the last two such uh, two cycles because they were rough. I mean, I had lost all that weight. I was so miserable. So and when turned, you started your treatment till the time your treatment was over, about mm-hmm. how long a period of time was that? Six and a half months because okay. we had to stop twice mm. um, and move them like a week or two because if your ejection fracture, which is your heart pumping function, decreases and mine got to 33% and 42%. Mm. And so those are really, really low. So we can do that. Mm. Um, 
those were scary times because then I think, oh my gosh, we're off schedule. We're off schedule for the medicine that's mm-hmm. just not working. And um, then you skip ahead about three, four weeks later, then I had a work event, <laughs> the Mardi Gras ball. We did great on that Saturday. The Monday after Mardi Gras ball, I had a double mastectomy. Wow. And it was a whirlwind. I was in the hospital for almost a week. That is, that is one of the most traumatizing things you could ever go through. Because really? you wake up in the morning. It's not an exchange. Some women are like, oh, you get an exchange. I'm like, no, I was not. They, they had to cut the tissues out. Like, we had to do a double. I woke up with no breast. And yeah. I was still pretty small at the time. But you just have like this, you know, they call it a chemo belly. And you just, wow. you can't lift your arms above your head. You wow. can't go to the bathroom. I mean, you have to have help 24-7. And then you take physical therapy to get you to move wow. back. And then I got lymphedema because it was, uh, was having issues with that. And then... Four weeks later, I started radiation. I had 33 rounds of radiation. And radiation is a different mindset. It is every day, Monday through Friday. It literally takes 30 minutes. It's more of a process just getting in and out. Halfway through, oh, my God, it started hurting so bad. It's like Mm. someone who has just burned and burned and burned your body. I mean, if you want to look on my open cancer story, I share pictures. If anyone's ever wanting to reach out to me, you know, that's going through these things or has a loved one, I will share my pictures because I swear what my mom and I did that the nurse recommended, Silvadine patches and the way we cared for it saved Mm. it because you cannot tell I have any lines. But, I mean, my skin... I, I could skin all over your body or no, just certain places? the okay. area where the cancer, like that whole. That's where oh, the radiation sorry, is. That whole area. But okay. you can't tell. But then that summer, of course, I'm like, you know, learning to be around people again because, you, I mean, I'm, I look like I've been a big sunburn. But, I mean, it 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 nasty. It would ooze things. Mm. And it was painful. I mean, to sleep at night. Plus, it was all during COVID. So, I had oh, moved in goodness. with my parents because I couldn't be by myself, you yeah. know, to take care of. So, I'm sitting there like. And it's combined with hot flashes because you're on uh, all these anti-hormone rejection. Goodness gracious, so you're Allison. Like literally laying topless in your underwear, <laughs> sleeping with the fan on high above you, the fan on to the right, yeah. cold towels. You're just like, come on, let's get this. No, done. yeah. We I don't even care what it look like. We're gonna no. do what we gotta do. <laughs> and wow. I mean, that was just and my mom, who is not a nurse, she does not do well with that stuff. She became a badass woman. I Good. mean, that woman took care of me left and right. Aww. Um, and then after we finished all that, it was just all about maintenance, they call okay. it. Okay. So maintenance was planned to be every uh, three weeks with Herceptin and Progetta. Herceptin is the one that was funded by the American Cancer Society Research to actually be one of the cancer-saving drugs. Okay. Well, Progetta, unfortunately, was bringing my ejection fracture back down again, mm-hmm. so we couldn't do that. So it moved to one drug. Well, then I was still having ejection fracture issues, and I'm like, we got to stay on this drug. Like, I got to have it because I still take a cancer drug daily, a daily chemo that I'll take for life. It's called letrozole. Wow. And then I take five other meds, one for anxiety, not going to lie, one for depression. Yeah, that, yeah. And then I also take a heart med, a blood pressure med, a cholesterol med, because it just messes her whole body up. Wow. wow. <laughs> and um, literally, it's just... <laughs> They were like, we we can't do every three weeks. It's putting too much strain on your body. So I flipped out. I'm thinking, how am I going to survive? If you mm. look up the time frame of what I'm supposed to be living, it is three, two, three to five years. Wow. Fifteen max. 
Um, I try not to think about that, but sometimes I do. Not, uh, I kind of go into that a little bit sometimes, but then I'm also like, you know, right now I'm defying the odds. Mm-hmm. I'm taking one drug right now, Herceptin, every six weeks, and it's working. Wow. I am not showing any signs of wow. cancer cells. If it is, they're so small, they're not showing. But my scans have been clear. Um, I have to get scans quarterly. I have to get the lovely PET scan, the CT scans. I mean, cancer is wow. expensive. You know, you want to buy a Maserati, mm, get cancer. That's wow. how much it is. <laughs> and that sucks. <laughs> not going to lie. Um, but I have such a wonderful family who is taking care of me. I have a wonderful job and, and, and benefits. And I just have to stay mentally. But there are some days I wake up and my arthritis is killing me. Like there's some, and then the other day I got up, I hadn't, it, we got cold outside, you know, yeah. I had neuropathy in my feet and I couldn't feel my feet when I got on to the, when I got out of bed, mm. it's just part of it, unfortunately. Yeah. And then I'll have somebody say, well, you're not supposed to get sick because you're not on chemo. Well, yes, I actually still get chemo over six weeks and I take chemo daily, but there's sometimes it's not supposed to make me sick, but it does. Mm-hmm. And luckily I have wonderful employers and I just have to take care. Yeah. But it's almost like I also say, well, if I had a child, I would have to be taking, you know, off or something like that. So, you know, there's a work-life balance. But I can tell you the one thing cancer's taught me is just the appreciation for life and forgetting the bullshit. Yes. Wow. I like, bet. forgetting the the small things, the bullshit. I bet. The stupid stuff I used to concentrate on. I remember, like, just something somebody would say would set me off and now I'm just like you know what I don't have time to be around you mm-hmm. I got one life I'm gonna live it to the fullest <laughs> I'm gonna do what I want I'm That's gonna right. say what I want I used to be super filtered I'm not as filtered as I used to yeah. a little more speak my mind then the hard part comes of thinking I've always wanted to be a mom and always have kids and being told it could kill me if I got pregnant so wow. I get something called Zolodex, which puts my ovaries to sleep every three months. Wow. It's a six gauge needle, which is a pain in the royal butt. Even wow. the nurse like is like, oh, I'm sorry, I have to give it to you. And I'm like, uh-uh, mm. girlfriend, just do it. Get it over with. Mm. I got it done two weeks ago and my, my stomach is still sore. Wow. <laughs> um, but anyways, so I've just decided, you know what? I One of my best friends is a, is a widow and... Uh, she says, you know what? We're not going to have the kids, but we're going to be the best aunts and godmoms and stuff like that. So I'm always like, hey, friends, you know, if you need a break from your kiddos, let me take them. And I love my nieces and nephews like they were my own. And, you know, maybe I'll meet a man that his children need a stepmom or, you know, a a figure like that. You never know. I just, because I do hope to get married one day. I don't think cancer defines me. Um, I used to let it define me. Yeah. But I'm open about it, it and so it just letting good. you know it's my struggle. Like, yeah. and there's good days and bad, but everybody has a struggle in life. That's yep. why I've even joked around. I was like, I want to start a podcast because uh-huh. I'm a thriver and we're called thrivers because it means we'll never be the survivor. We'll never be in remission. Wow. We'll never have any D. So deal. why don't you just thrive about everything in your life? Yeah. Because everybody gets up in the morning with a struggle. Yeah. I mean, people fight with their kids, their husband. They go to work cranky. They're not happy in their relationships. Sure. I mean, you, you wake up and nothing fits. <laughs> I can testify for that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had more yo-yo sizes. I've had to accept that, too. I've never been this size before in my life. Interesting. And I'm not... I haven't had my reconstruction yet. I'm finally cleared for it Oh, nice. because we had to wait because I had to see a liver specialist because we thought I had liver disease because, oh my gosh, I mean, there's just, I have a whole specialist list. So if anybody ever needs a specialist, I got a list. (laughs) 
<laughs> that is handy in Waco, Texas. I'm going to tell know, you right Waco now, that's to, gold, girl. Waco, you, could, you could charge for that resource list. Waco to Bullet Oh, my gosh. Uh, and my aunt will tell you she always looks for a rain to see if they're married. Oh, no. She's always like, wouldn't it be cool to tell a story? Like, wow. you met a doctor? It's <laughs> like, that's my aunt. Gina, love you. But that's, you totally do that every that's time. That's great. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I have found you just have to laugh about it. Like, yeah. I'll, I had somebody come up to me once at a store not too long ago, and she goes, oh, when are you due? Oh, my gosh. I was like, I didn't have my prosthetics on that day. I was really just not feeling good. Mm-hmm. And so I ran to Target, and literally she went to put her hand on I was like, you don't do that. Oh, my gosh. But when are you due? And I actually flat out just told her, I said, well, I said, it's called a lovely chemo belly and everything else above it. And, um... I had stage four metastatic breast cancer and I don't have my prosthetics on today. And she was like, oh my God, it feels so bad. I was like, but I was just, and I laughed about it. I said, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Wow. 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 So just humor. I think everybody has to do that in life though. You yeah. That's why I wrote the book called The Humor in Birth. I know. Stories and insights from a doula for that very reason, because birth can be very serious and it's intense and it's <laughs> hard and it's messy and it's all the things. And so you have to... Be open to the moments that are lighthearted, that can be enjoyable, that are humorous. So I totally understand what you're saying about that, that you sometimes humor is the only way to kind of get through something Mm -hmm. so that you can kind of breathe. Okay, here's this is my life and here's my next step. Here's my next day and I'm going to live it to the fullest and thrive. I, I really, really love that. I have a question for you. Sure. What would you want to say to people that um, have not experienced cancer, breast cancer specifically, Mm -hmm. who have not experienced it? And um, what would you want to say to them from someone who is battling breast cancer to make them more aware of... Because I can't, I cannot identify with what you're saying about this specifically, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like you said, I have my other issues. I have things in my life that I have to deal with, but that's not one of them. So what am I ignorant about that you would want me and others to know? It can be an invisible illness. Mm. You don't know a lot. There's a lot of different stages of breast cancer that you would never guess. There's mm. women that I have known been diagnosed. I had no idea they were sick. They masked it the whole entire time. They found wigs to custom match because they didn't want people to show, they didn't want to show their weakness. Mm. So I think you've got to always realize that somebody, like I say, everybody has a battle in life. Yeah. So you've got to be careful with your words. <laughs> I do. For example. I I, I do think. um, Well, I had somebody say, well, now you're going to get a great boob job. Oh, yeah, no. That gets said a lot in my chat rooms that I talk about with with our breast cancer. And we're like, a couple of times I used to laugh it off because I was like, that's the only thing I do. Now I just get angry and go, okay, do you know how much pain and how much money and time and sacrifice? Like, I'm going to have to take off two months of work. That's a stupid thing to say. They're going to take (laughs) tissue from here to here and here to here and put it up here because I don't want implants because I don't want foreign objects in my body. So I would just say, you know, be mindful of things. But as a cancer patient, survivor, thriver, whatever you are, know that you're never alone. That's good. I mean, take advantage. I had so many, you know, I wrote that, the Instagram I call it, it's almost like a mini blog, my open cancer story. I had people reach out to me I never met before. Right. And they just said, 
I came across it through a friend or I came through a relative and I had so many people reach out to me Good. and say, you inspired me today. Yeah. Like I, I had stage one or stage two or stage three. Luckily I haven't met anybody with stage four. Thank goodness. Mm. Um, and I had people go, I had a fight this morning with my kids and I was so mad and upset, but then I read yours and mm. it made me have perspective. So yes. just know you're never alone and, so and don't hesitate to ask. Like I would have, I had a message not too long ago. Someone goes, okay, I know you probably didn't want to bring it back up, but like I just got diagnosed and I don't know what to do mm -hmm. and I married and my husband doesn't understand it. And of course I told her, I can't understand it from a relationship standpoint. Right. I was single during it. I still am. Right. But you got to take care of you. And I said, you need that support network. And if you need it, I'm there. And she yeah. was in shock. She goes, you never met me before. I said, it doesn't matter. You yeah. become like a sisterhood. Right. Oh, I can see that like, for sure. There's actually a retreat going on in Florida coming up in November with all these. It's called Thrivers. All wow. these women are metastatic breast cancer thrivers that are basically been told they should be dead right now. Golly. Because if I hadn't found mine and been proactive, I'd be dead right now. We've all said that. We've wow. all said I had stage four. I mean, yeah. literally. Um, you look at my scans, it's like the tumor's like that big. Yeah, yeah. Um, those kind of things are, are you know, powerful. Um, I don't know. I just, I, there's always somebody out there fighting something mm -hmm. and something similar and just help one another. Like, I just want to tell women, you know, don't be afraid ever yeah. to reach out. And if that person, isn't how do you say this nicely if they're not receptive to it tell them to yeah <laughs> f off sorry move on, move on. Yeah. yeah move on like i wow i've never said that word this much in one thing <laughs> i see that's another thing too i, was do I just not, have that effect on people i was not like <laughs> i used to be super filtered we yeah. can ask everybody and now it's just like oh, i talk yeah. a lot more freely than i ever yeah. have and that makes a lot of sense i'm i'm really glad that you are because i on on my podcast I am very, very genuine. I, like, mm -hmm. I don't edit the bloopers. I want people yeah. to be real. Because we, I just think people are tired of everybody, let me show you my, put my best foot forward and show you what's amazing about me. The and cookie cutter. The five steps to be like me mm -hmm. and how to get over. Yeah. Nobody the cookie cutter that. Instagram. Nobody wants that anymore. I can't stand that. It's just I get not real. So mad because I'm just like, you know, this is this is it, and this is how it is. Now I will tell you the one thing that cancer mentally back was with is self confidence. Mm. I have a really hard time with self confidence right now. That's why I also think laughter, you know, is yeah. like it just kind of calms you down a little bit and stuff like that. And I'll be like, whatever, just at this point. Yeah. But that is, that's another thing you struggle with for sure. I mean, what do you not with cancer? Let's see what else you struggle with sleep sometimes, traveling. Like the first time I drove by myself, huh. long out of town was to Houston literally two months ago that I had since I've been diagnosed by myself, which huh. that was no big deal. I used to go visit friends all the time and drive. I, cause I didn't drive for months. It hurt to drive. Mm. It was miserable. I was always afraid if I had an accident, I would hurt somebody else. Um, there was just so many what ifs kind of things. And wow. it's just little things like that, learning how to be comfortable driving again. Interesting. And the most vulnerable I'll tell you is being a single woman, I went through this one drug that made me psychotic and I thought everybody was out to get me. I thought my parents hated me. I thought mm. my friends hated me. I was a burden to everybody. I'll be better off dead. Like all this stuff is horrible to think. I mean, that, that 
drug is miserable. Please don't ever take it. <laughs> it's on my chart. It says make Allison's go go psychotic. <laughs> but I um I struggled with living alone again. Wow. And I don't know why, but it took me months. I mean, I wrote horrible things on on my, you know, blog thing that would say like people just don't want me and da 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 and I don't want to be by myself. I mean, friends would take turns spending the night, parents would take wow. turns spending the night. I go stay with them and then finally they were like you you've just got to do it and it it took a while and now I'm fine with it. <laughs> but it took me forever because yeah. I was always afraid that being alone, I would be never found. Like I would fall and collapse. I've had issues where I've collapsed in the hall. Mm. Um, and friend got worried and kind of semi wow. found me and stuff like that. Yeah. And so that, that was things that scared me. I afraid yeah, that I was going to sure. die. Nobody would find me mm. or, you know, but now I just finally got to the comfortable. Like I had a friend the other day. She was like, well, I'll come stay with you. I was like, I'm okay. I mean, I'm totally fine. But sure. I mean, because yeah. I was just having an emotional day. I have meltdowns. <laughs> the other day yep. I had a meltdown. It just happens. You know, yeah. that's the thing about yeah. cancer too. It just, yeah, screws with you. It's like, okay, well, well now we're going to have issues with arthritis. And my feet couldn't, they were having neuropathy. So, mm. and I'm going to have a meltdown today. So, the, you know, well, we're just going to save the best for last, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so... I mean, I didn't really plan it this way because I kind of put my feelers out in different groups. Uh -huh. I want to have somebody on my show to honor them and their battle with breast cancer. And most of the time you hear from people that have been through the journey and are survivors and they beat it. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, those are the people we hear from. If I was going to be honest, that's typically who I hear from. Right. Um, and But what I put in my message was, hey, I would like to interview someone who has either battled or is battling breast cancer. And I have to say, I'm really, really glad that I got to have you on this show because you're still in this fight, even though there's not evidence of cancer right this minute, you're still battling. See, I would have never thought about the side effects or the other things that happen to you physically, mm -hmm. the things that happen to you mentally and emotionally mm -hmm. and spiritually. I wouldn't have thought of those things um, because I think we are bringing more awareness to something that it's not a taboo conversation. I don't feel like there are no, other subjects that are pretty it taboo used to be. And I don't feel like it's a taboo subject, but really talking about it at length and the effects that it has on someone beyond just, you know, you had cancer, you got sick, you beat it. Now you're done. Right. I mean, it's that's like what most illness. of the world. It's a chronic thinks. illness. And the thing about breast cancer also, like today's National Mam Mammography Day. So Interesting. It's, ah. Which I thought was really cool. Bird Colgen's actually having a drive where if you can't afford to get a mammogram, they're pledging to do so many mammograms. So wow. women, if you need one, go out there and get it checked. That is I was fabulous. spokesperson for it last year with them. And speaking of spokesperson, last year nice. I was the honorary chair for Cattle Barons Ball. And that was an incredible feeling to be on that platform. Katie TX did a wonderful interview and shared my story again. Nice. And that was actually the first time my dad, I think it really sunk into him how sick mm. I was. Because your dad, once it's mm. your girl, it's your little girl. And he couldn't fix me. Yeah. And I think he finally figured out how bad it got mm. when he saw that interview. So wow. needless to say, it was emotional. Sorry, Daddy, I'm sharing this. But... Yeah. Um, he, you know, I'm one of four girls, so I can't imagine seeing your oldest fight this. Yeah. But the one thing also about breast cancer that nobody talks about is the, how do I say this? 
just how much it changes your life, but how much good there is out of it. I know it's really weird to say that I say the good, bad and ugly, but the good is I've learned to be more outspoken. I'm less filtered. I've treasured life more. Like I Mm -hmm. have one, I've made a bucket list, a crazy bucket list of things I'd want to do. I I don't stress so much about if someone doesn't like me, Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, move on with yourself. I don't, you know, really care anymore. And I've realized that God has a plan for me. And maybe he told me, you know, to write this Instagram blog, whatever yeah. you want to call it, hope to turn it into a book one day. I'd love, like I said, I'd love great. to have a, a podcast. What I think would be neat between us is maybe do a check in yearly during October Breast Fun. Cancer Awareness. Absolutely. And we could see what's been going on. Maybe Heck I'll yeah. have my new, I'll have my new uh, girls next year. That is fabulous. I would <laughs> love to do we're that. We're going to do a celebration trip. I would know, love to before, do that, Allison. So yes. Do a check in and just say, you know, how's life? And, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Maybe there'll be someone special. That'd maybe. Be great. I just think that'd be neat because it could show yes. that I'm thriving mm-hmm. and I'm living and I'm a testament that yeah. modern medicine and God is the ultimate healer. Absolutely. I do feel that way. Um, 100%. But the the family, the faith, the medicine, you know, mm-hmm. it, those are things that get you through. Yeah. And always, I'll say the one thing is always remember that you were created for a reason. And God doesn't give you cancer, but it can give you the, the strength to get through it mentally and physically. So even when you're having a bad day, I even yes. have like a really good devotional a friend of mine gave to me actually for my birthday. I remember, and it was before I got sick and I brought it out when I got sick. Um, and I have gifted that devotional now mm. I think 18 times. Wow. That's great. And it's just one of those things that you read and it's, it's crazy. You'll open mm-hmm. it and you're like, that is today. Like today's nice. National Myography Day. Like I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to send my friends all a text because mm-hmm. a lot of them are under 40. And that's one thing too. I would like to go in front of Congress and say, stick it because they don't encourage mammograms mm-hmm. under 40. I mean, when I was diagnosed, wow. so I went to my 20 year reunion a day after my first chemo, a 20 year high school reunion. Wow. 10 years prior to that, my uh, friend, Natalie Young, who was actually a speaker for the Ford Cares campaign, she lives in Austin, but she was in Waco, based out of Waco. We went to school together. She had breast cancer 10 years prior wow. at our 10 year reunion. Yeah. So it just shows you like how, yeah. Yeah. how popular it is now. And that's mm. not a good thing. Yeah. And I think you even said something earlier about you. It's a, for you, it was a hormonal. Yeah. It wasn't anything I did. I mean, and they so said it's, it's, it could be in who knows what. Yeah. Because, I mean, I didn't smoke. I drank here and there. I mean, I did have to, I did have some days I partied like a rock star, but nothing like <laughs> excessive. Right. I didn't have any family history of it. I had yeah. a cousin, but she was like a second cousin, not blood related. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's just, it's just weird. I mean, only thing I can think about is that year I started getting tired a lot more. But, I mean, don't we all? Yeah. I mean, what that and the doctor said yeah. if I hadn't really paid attention, which I think my Kim Smith used to spray tan me all literally every two weeks, and I said thank you for always spray tan me, and I was scrub 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 to get all that off, and I was like that's how I found it, and that is the weirdest feeling in the shower, and you mm, feel I can't imagine, yeah. To this day, I remember feeling it. And then as you're getting treatment, you would check it every yeah. day to see if it was yeah. really going down. And I remember them doing scans and saying, oh, it decreased. I said it doesn't feel decreased; it feels huge. Mm. So, yeah. So, ladies, shout out 
Do not wait. No, don't. <laughs> and if you need somebody to go with you, I know a lot of people don't want to do it yes. by themselves. I will volunteer myself. You can call me. You can Facebook me, Instagram, That's awesome. whatever. That's great. But don't wait, you guys. Um, yeah, it's it's a scary subject. But what's scarier is to not address it. Correct. And now you're really in a jam and, it, and it's worse than what it had to be. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really valuable. I think that's one of the things you're bringing, in my opinion, with your story. Um, really encouraging people to get get on it. Don't wait. It's okay if you're afraid. It's it's worse, though, if you wait. And cancer and, doesn't discriminate. I mean, yeah. your age, your your race, your, your weight, your size. I mean, there's so many things I questioned yeah. why. And so you just, you got to pay attention to that body. Take care. Take advantage of all the resources. I didn't know so I was many gonna resources ask you, existed. Okay, so can you tell us um, maybe some local resources in Waco or even some uh, national resources for people that you, some of the best ones you think are? So um, I follow something called the Pink Agenda okay. on Instagram. That's a really good one. Um, and they, it's it's a variety of, of help. It's founded by Juliana Rancic, who used to be on E, and she's some, had breast cancer. Okay. And that's been a really good uh, mentor. I like to follow a course the ford company because the ford always does bk ford cares but all fords you know do that big campaign there's a nationwide the one thing i guess will irritate me is you see breast cancer awareness or breast cancer this when you buy something to support make sure it's supporting the research because a lot of times it just goes to the corporate top dollar and you want to okay. see, is it giving to the Best Cancer Research Foundation? And how do we know that? It's BCRF. So okay. if it says it's supporting BCRF, you know you're purchasing. Like if you want to support, like for example, I wanted to buy a scarf for a friend that's going through cancer. And I want to make sure that's they're really giving good. Proceed, you know, proceeds Very to important. that. Good. I'm so um, glad you pointed that out. I would have never. And that then have there's me. a lot of places you can apply online once you... Um, you get diagnosed that give you free chemo kits, which they'll give you like a mastectomy wow. pillow drain shirt. You know, you don't have to buy everything. There's a lot of gifts and then accept help from friends. You know, that's mm. another thing too. I have yes. friends sending me stuff. Yes. Um, trying to think what else locally, uh, breast cancers, the breast center at Ascension Providence okay. has things as well as Hillcrest, Baylor, Scott and White. I mean, all your local places will help. The one thing we don't have, which I wish we still had is we used to have a mastectomy boutique. Ah. We don't have one of those anymore. Oh, interesting. It closed during COVID. Ah. <laughs> and that's another frustration. I have a list of frustrations. I'm like, come on, come on let's fix it. So yeah. if you do need to go that route, I can recommend some wonderful places called the Women's Health Boutique. They have Dallas, Plano, Louisville um, locations. Those right. women are amazing. It is the hardest thing going in and saying, make me feel feminine again. Yeah, And they... They get your get you a cup size you like. They might feel like seven or eight pounds right now, but uh-huh. then they look natural as much as possible. Yeah. And they'll put you in swimsuits and make you feel normal. Aww. You know, you just you have to find your new normal. Definitely. Um, but I would say the main thing, and I feel like I'm repeating myself, is just reach out to somebody that you see that has gone through a journey mm. similar to yours, and yeah. they can connect you because I can tell you, That's great. I have a whole list. That's so great. I hope I haven't rambled too much. No, no. This is I mean, exactly I what I wanted. You I, could go on my face. This is exactly what I wanted. So Alice and I have never met. No. We do not know each other. And I am excited about that part of it because 
we were, you were able to talk to me and share things because you know I don't know your story. I don't right. know anything. And so I feel like people really got the full version. I will not be cutting anything out of this interview. You're going to hear all of it <laughs> from start to finish. <laughs> and so, but I think it's important because yeah. we want this to be very raw, very approachable mm -hmm. and extremely real and genuine. And you are that person. Thank you for being that person and so thankful that you're here and I will continue to be cheering you on in your journey and continued battle. And yes, absolutely. We'll check back in within a year for sure. And if you want to go have margarita, I'll tell you even more. <laughs> there we go. Who doesn't love the a good uncensored. Little, yeah, the uncensored version. Perfect. Especially if I have two, I'm really going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like fun. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today. You're and so I look welcome. forward to having you back. Yes, for sure. Thank you for listening to My Doula Micah. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at My Doula Micah. We can also get connected at mydoulamica.com. If you're interested in checking out my book, the link to the humor and birth stories and insights from a doula can be found on all of these social platforms. Be sure to share and subscribe. I'll be here next week. So please be sure to join me again. And this podcast was produced by Rogue Media Network. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.